What's up, everyone? Coach Daniel Diaz here again for episode six of the Breaking Barriers Basketball Podcast. Today, I am joined by the Director of Basketball Operations for Princeton University Women's Basketball Team, Helen Tao. I met Helen through social media. I randomly reached out to her one day asking her questions and for advice on the ins and outs of collegiate basketball and how she has gotten to where she is at. She has been a great friend and mentor from since I first reached out to her, and I can't thank her enough for her continuous help and support. Helen and I have a great conversation talking about her journey in basketball and how she's gotten to where she's at today, what it's like to break barriers herself, as well as seeing others before her continue to break barriers, and she gives a unique perspective on the basketball side of things that some may not realize take place. Here's my conversation with Helen Tao. Thank you, Helen, for joining me on this podcast episode. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time out of this busy, busy time right now and the busy schedule that you got going on for sure. Um, how have you been spending your time these past few months? Yeah. So, um, thanks for having me on one, Daniel. Uh, this is great. And so, yeah, how have I been spending my time? I mean, you know, I came back to Texas, um, with, to be with my family during COVID. Um, you know, I've been working remotely. Princeton wants to like de-densify, um, campus as much as possible. So, um, if you're, you know, if you're not, if you don't need to go into work or if you don't need to be on campus, then they would want you to be out. So, mm-hmm. you know, besides working remotely, um, I've been watching some Chinese TV shows to learn nice. Chinese with my wow. family. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then just like, watching some basketball stuff or jumping on participating in some basketball like zooms and seminars Mm. you know just trying to learn more about the game during this like not free time but some this like interesting time period where you know we can uh have a little have a little bit more free time Mm -hmm. exactly so you're talking about how you're in you're in texas right now and because of covid how is this experience i know you just kind of said what you've been doing but how's it been as as someone who's kind of seasoned in the game these past few years and having to you know adapt and change kind of protocol and things like that how's that how's that process been like has it been tough or what's it been like for you yeah it was definitely um I would say um, weird at first Mm -hmm. um weird and it's been it's been tough I mean I'm not gonna lie it's 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 so different to being able to especially for like us at Princeton is like, you know, we haven't been able to really see our kids, see our players. You know, there's mm-hmm. some universities that have gotten to, you know, start working out with their players or, you know, their par- players are on campus or nearby. And for us, like most of our team are is not nearby. And so mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, since that's or they can't be on campus and I'm not near Princeton anymore. Um, I mean, everything is just all virtual. So like learning how to adjust to what's going on, learning how or making a conscious effort to reach out to the players, reach out to other people on campus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to stay connected. I think that's, uh, that was, you know, one of those things that I had to like, um, take to heart and really, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just put the effort in. Um, and then lastly, you know, we can't do anything about this, about this pandemic right now. I mean, besides the fact that like wash your hands, wear a mask, social Mm -hmm. distance, like do the things that you can control, but a lot of things are out of, not are in our, not in our control. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, just trying to make the best of the situation. I got a great staff. I have a really 
good boss. Don't tell mm-hmm. her I said that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, she's understanding she's, you know, she's a mom. So I think that like really helps for her compassion and mm-hmm. her like generosity of like mm-hmm. knowing what we as like either her staff or her players kind of need to, you know, make this time the best it can be, you know, in our own kind of way. And so really appreciate that and really appreciate Princeton to, you know, allow this flexibility too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I know you're not at Princeton right now, but you were at Princeton last season, and then the year before that you were in D.C. With, at Georgetown, and then before that you were um, over at Texas. What has been um, those experiences been like, not only for the coaching staff and meeting new people and, and things like that, but even those are some different regions of, of the nation right now as far as the Texas being south, D.C. being in the east, and then Princeton being up there where it's pretty cold. So uh, mm-hmm. if you can kind of talk about kind of both experiences on the court and then just what it's like kind of that people kind of overlook as far as as a coach or on the coaching staff you, you're gonna have to move at different places and and what's that kind of been like yeah yeah so texas i mean texas i uh i was a manager i was i played on the team and then i also was a ga so i like started my whole basketball kind of career collegiate basketball career there mm-hmm. um and it was awesome i mean coach Aston ran a great program there um she was an awesome coach that, you know, really taught me what a good program looks like or how it's run. And so I really enjoyed that experience learning from that, even though I was was like fresh, like super fresh, (laughs) didn't even really know, you know, what goes into a basketball, a collegiate basketball Mm -hmm. program. Right. Um, but you know, she, both, I mean, her and all the assistant coaches and the, you know, people who were there, um, the staff that was there, like, they were super helpful. They, anytime that I had a question or that I wanted to, like, help out with something, you know, kind of get my hands a little dirty, they were, like, always willing to be like, okay, yeah, here, this is something that you can start off with. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so that that taught me a lot and that helped build a great foundation, uh, in my opinion for myself, like, you know, learning all the different positions, learning different positions, Mm -hmm. um, and the different responsibilities. And then DC, I was the video coordinator, um, at Georgetown. And well, one, I mean, I got to give it up to DC. I mean, it is a great, (laughs) great city. I love it. I mean, so much diversity. Um, and just like, it's awesome. I don't even know how to like fully (laughs) describe how much fun I had there. Um, but really enjoyed DC and then Georgetown. I mean, I just learned a different style of running a program, Mm -hmm. right. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Coach Howard, he had a specific specific way that he wanted to run his program. And so for my response, I mean, as a video ops person, like, yeah, I did the, you know, video breakdown, you know, sk- some like video analysis part, stat, stat, stat stuff mm-hmm. um, and social media. But like, I think the really cool part was seeing how one different coaches coach, Mm -hmm. but also how he ran the program. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, with that, you're just like learning and you're like putting it in your like little back pocket of like, okay, this is what I like. This is not what I don't like. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just kind of aggregating all that information because, you know, you're still I'm still young. I feel like still young in my career and that, you know, I don't know. I know that I don't know (laughs) everything. And then two is like there's there's so many ways of like doing things that, you know, the more information that I have and, you know, being open to learn new stuff is like very important. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then Princeton, Princeton being in the Ivy League, mm-hmm. and it's just different in itself compared to those two universities. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know the student athletes, I feel like are much different, uh, or a little bit different at least, not much different. You know, yeah. they care about basketball, they care about you know academics just as much about basketball. Like, there's not a lot of um, like you. How do I say? They are, um, they're very responsible kids. Yeah. Not to say like other kids aren't, but. Yeah, no, I get it. Definitely get it. I'm like, I don't have to worry about them not going to class. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. You know, they, they, they are very, you know, on top of their stuff. Sometimes a little too on top of it, probably. (laughs) But, um, but no, they're like great kids. And, um, and so, yeah, just being at Princeton, you, one, you see how, you know, just, the different um the different type of kids that they are mm-hmm. um and also just like being at an ivy league school how um the institution itself you know treats its at student athletes versus you know versus like other institutions mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um kind of getting the full spectrum of like okay here's what it's like to be a power five student athlete and how it's to be in that program and then at, at an ivy league school like these are what I mean, I'm looking at what our student athletes go through and, you know, just like how the institution runs its athletics program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, I know being from Texas and then um, you were in D.C. for a little bit and you got to taste a little bit of snow. And I just wanted to ask because being up there, there's probably uh, I've never I, I've never really been up there. So I just picture if it just always being cold, especially during basketball season, maybe negative degrees and a bunch of snow. Is it really like that up there? And if you, if it is, like, have you been adjusted to that or is it still something like you probably won't ever get used to? So luckily, it like my one year here at Princeton, it wasn't that bad last okay. season. Okay. okay. So and I think it was just like a mild one. Um, so it, I think though, like knowing myself, I'm actually I will never get used to it. Um, <laughs> like it's just it won't happen. Um, but the good thing about basketball season is like it's in the winter time. So like as long as I can get from like point A to point B, yeah. and point B is like the gym. As long as I can get to there, and then I can spend like the basically the whole day there. Yeah, true. And then <laughs> and then just like get out whenever I have to. Like I feel like that's like that's the way I can survive the winter time. And yeah. then also like just um. I mean, I, so some of my staff, they like have lived in the North, like whether it's Boston or whatnot, like they yeah. know how to drive in the snow. And oh they can, man, like, even think about thing. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like worst case scenario is like, I have people that can help me and I just yeah. like be like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a South, I'm a Southern kid. Like <laughs> come help me. <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah um so um as someone who has pretty much lived and breathed basketball basically your whole life uh what are some outlets you enjoy doing to help you kind of keep fresh and avoid burnout yeah good question um I mean I go on a lot of walks like I multiple walks a day like you know a good way to just like clear the mind um enjoy the fresh air um I usually like call sometimes I call people whether it's like my close friends or my mom mm-hmm. and just like you know just take a breather um yeah. that's kind of one of the ways and then let's see um I guess you could say that it's like watching movies or tv shows like mm-hmm. I guess that's a way to avoid burnout yeah. um gotcha. yeah I, I honestly I'm trying to think like 
what else I what else I do? I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm sure like I spend a lot of time with basketball, and yeah. then it's just like whenever I know that I can't do anymore, I just stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then just go do something else where I like you know go. If, especially if it's like at night, I'll just be like, all right, like, let me stop. Let me go to sleep. And mm-hmm. then the next day, um, I'm like, yeah, refresh. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know about like long-term burnout of, yeah. of like what to do. I mean, maybe pick up a new hobby. I'm not honestly quite sure, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just. No, that's really, good. I mean, it's yeah. for some people who, who, uh, don't have burnouts because honestly they just love it so much. So I, I can, that can be something that, that, that I've, that I've realized from you is that you probably, you just love basketball so much that there's, you just need a quick break, but then you're happy to go right back into it. So that's, that's always something. Definitely. I think, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with that answer. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds good. It sounds, it sounds like literally what happens. I mean, um, I would say, though, I would say at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. um, after going like a full season, even though our season got cut short, which was yeah. totally a bummer, yeah. um, I I really did not do a lot. I will say that I like kind of put the whole basketball thing away. Like I made sure, you know, I stayed in touch with like our team mm-hmm. and our coaches, but like actual basketball things, I don't think I really did too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I would say, like a great refresher where it was just like, okay, let me, you know, just enjoy other things. And can I even remember what the other things were at this right now? <laughs> um, absolutely not. But I know that uh, I did take a break. I just don't remember what it was. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so we met from social media pretty much after I randomly messaged you on Twitter one day. I just pretty much just asking you like what you do and how you got there because I was just seeing I was just watching from, seeing your stuff from afar. I'm like, man, this is this is something I really want to get into, and and how can I do this? So I was like, hey, you know what? Let me just ask her. And I'm just kind of curious, and I can't thank you enough as as grateful as I am for you uh, to simply even reply back, and then to now seeing how our friendship has grown from there. Um, what inclined you to not only respond back, but you know just go above and beyond? by introducing me to more people in your network and then helping me with questions that I have um, as well as, uh, you know, continuing to help out with any career questions, like I just said, or any advice that you always give me. Yeah. Um, so did we really start out from a, a social media? Is that really what happened? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember that. I remember <laughs> you sending me an email and it was like a really detailed email uh-huh. um, that I like, I was like, oh, wow, he put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, like, of course, like I was like, right off the bat, I was like more inclined to help you because I mean, you just, the email was just like you, you talked about yourself, you, you know, you talked about just like what I've done and how, you know, you're, you know, just like you put a lot of effort into it, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, like I Mm want to help you. And then Mm -hmm. also people have done the same for me. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm not where I am if it wasn't for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I introduced you to Steve Yang, Mm -hmm. um, the double at Georgetown. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's the guy that I've learned a lot from like what it means to help someone out. And Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, I've seen him help me a lot of times, help other people. And then being on the receiving end of someone's help, like receiving someone's kindness and generosity, like there's two ways, at least for me, there's two ways to go about it. It's either like you try to repay them in mm-hmm. sense of like you try to help them in whatever or you pay it forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that ability uh, or that, you know, wanting for me, wanting to 
pay it forward um, and help someone else, you know, was just like a no brainer. Um, you know, kindness and generosity to me is like, it's contagious. Like mm-hmm. once you feel someone's, um, you know, like just someone's unconditional like help or mm-hmm. just kindness, you're just like, yeah, that felt so great. Like, it's almost life changing that you like want to put a conscious effort to help anyone else or, you know, to get where, and yeah. And so, I mean, really got to, I have to thank other people for doing that to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean, I guess that was kind of one of the other reasons why I was like, yeah, I love Like, let me try to help you. Um, however I can, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, also, I think I was a little shocked that out of all the amazing Jobos <laughs> and just like people out in the basketball world, like you were like, oh, let me reach out to this person. And I was like, okay, like yeah. if I'm somehow like gonna be important, not like important <laughs> enough, but like if you noticed me to like, yeah, no, want for sure. to, you know, and then I'm like, okay, let's do it. So yeah, that's awesome. kind of what happened. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's, that's amazing to hear. Um, so you did kind of just touch on it as far as I was going to mention how you did introduce me to Coach Steve Yang. And I was going to tell you that I've, I was, I'm still forever grateful for you for that because he's also someone I reach out to, I shoot a text to, um, and he has a wealth of knowledge on experience. He has the best quotes. He has the best sayings, just things that kind of just keep you on your toes and keep you inspired and things like that. And um, and you just talked about how he's one one of your mentors. And I was going to ask you, um, how's it, how important is it to – to, to have a mentor and uh, what roles have they played to get you where you are today? Definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, mentors are extremely important. At least in, yeah, extremely important in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, I, I, there's like obviously basketball mentors like in your profession, but then mm-hmm. you also have those that are outside of your profession. And I think it's also very important to have people that are non like, your non-basketball or Mm. non-industry people that you can like, you know, go to because, you know, they, they, they they don't see things from, you know, from the basketball perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, they come, they have their own experiences and their own industry, like their norms. And so like, whenever you talk to them, you know, they're able to bring like a fresh opinion to things. Mm. So as you're getting into your second year as Adobo at Princeton, uh, what has kept you motivated after all these years? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, one, I love basketball. So basketball itself, you know, just keeps me motivated. Um, but also it's the kids when, Mm -hmm. I mean, kids, players, you know, they're, they're basically kids to me. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah. When you, when you work with young people and you know, they have so much potential, whether it's basketball related or just like in life in general, like that is, so much fun and so motivating because you know you're not there to like change their life per se Mm -hmm. um you're just there to like help them in any way possible and seeing them you know accomplish these great things or you know come into their own person like that to me is very very you know worthwhile Mm -hmm. and like rewarding and so like yeah I mean there's there's no better feeling than like you know feeling that there's no better feeling than just like watching someone become you know what you know that they can become mhm mhm yep yep exactly 
Um, so from from talking to many different coaches and dobos and GAs and like you alluded to before, joining the like Zoom panels and and just watching those and and um, being a part of those um, during the quarantine, I understand that like that that part of the stuff that the stuff that's not on TV and things like that isn't always super glamorous uh, as a job per se. Um, how do you manage to stay focused and continue to do what you do every day? Um, in terms of uh, staying on top of your tasks or kind of do something where like, oh man, I really don't feel like doing this, but uh, hey, I got to get get going. Like what, what's, what's kind of your mindset with that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the mindset is that one, like, I mean, as happy as I am as being a Dobo and being at Princeton, like I have bigger goals Mm -hmm. um you know my my hope is that you know at some point I can become an assistant coach you know Mm -hmm. keep working keep working and then maybe be and then be a head coach so like these goals that I have like that's one of the ways that you know helps me stay focused Mm -hmm. and to keep doing to keep making sure that you know I put my best work you know to um my best work every single day Mm -hmm. um and then again it goes back to it's not about me it's about the kids. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, um, our team and making, you know, the experience these four years um, for our players, you know, every single day, like make it, you know, memorable, make it fun, make mm-hmm. it, you know, worthwhile. Like mm-hmm. that. that's another thing that I think really uh, helps me, you know, keep things into perspective that again, it's not about me. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I just, I want the best for them. Um, you know, and so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, the way that I've kind of approached, you know, my job, um, every day. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. Um, so kind of moving more towards the basketball, basketball side of things. Um, we kind of were just talking about, um, getting to know you and, and, and your aspects on certain stuff. Um, so we, uh, like I did just mention that I, when I was on Zoom stuff and hearing from other coaches and whatnot, um, they would explain how it's not as glamorous as what people would think. And it's just something that always caught my eye or like that I would just always been interested about. Um, and so can you kind of talk about some of the tasks that our listeners may not realize you do and are, are responsible for, especially for off the court? Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to first, you know, start off by like, being a manager is basically a very not a very glorified position like let's just call it let's just say what it is right like a manager is not that glorified Mm -hmm. you know not a super glorified position but you learn a lot and you Mm -hmm. do a lot like you know for um at least at texas like no job is too small Mm -hmm. and then basically you know that when things so basically there's a saying at Texas that was like, no one knows, no one knows your job until you, until you don't do it. Right. Mm. So no one knows how much you do as a manager until it does, until something doesn't get done. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, that mindset is like, it's a lot of responsibility, even though it might not seem like it, right. Like for things to, for a program to be successful, like the execution part, like it's, it's really up to managers to make sure that like, either the cones are in the right place, the balls are, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the balls are aired up, you know, water or, you know, luggage is gone from one place to the next and that it's all there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so from that experience, um, you know, the non glamorous stuff per se is like, 
is I don't know it, to me it's just like part of the job like it's yeah. ingrained in me mm-hmm. that like you know it's not always going to be the fun stuff it's not always going to be you know um the big super you know impactful like what wins the games mm-hmm. but it's the part but that but but all the other stuff is the part that helps make a successful program mm-hmm. right it's the part mm-hmm. that helps with the longevity of you know the success of that team and so um i mean you know i could talk about my tasks which are like you know um helping out with like film stuff whether or it's like making sure yeah like the balls are aired up or that we have a whiteboard for coach so that we're not like spending time you know running to go get a whiteboard Mm -hmm. and there's like you know that wastes like another minute you know on the court so like um so like there are those things that you know aren't that people might not think about Mm -hmm. but like whenever you start from a position where i did where you know you are tasked with a lot of small responsibilities, but they're very important to the success of mm. that, of the team. Like the small things become just like normal part of the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, so you had a unique experience at Texas as a student manager for the team uh, up to your senior year where you earned a spot as a walk-on and then um, athletic scholarship in your final semester. Uh, what was the what was that experience like? And what was it like pretty much, you know, being on both sides, on the sidelines, and then as a player? Oh, my gosh. Best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, all the credit to Coach Aston, really. Um, I mean, so as a student manager, I tried twice before I even got it. So that, to for oh, wow. myself, yeah. like – being a manager was just like, um, was like the bet, like w- one of the greatest things that could happen to me during college, right? Mm-hmm. Was just getting to be part of the team. Um, and so, yeah, so I like treated that, you know, that job as like, I won the lottery, right? Where it was like, I showed up, you know, every single day, um, I got showed up early, I stayed late. Like I one, I knew that I love basketball. So mm-hmm. like being around it was just, you know, fun for me again, you know, fun for me again. Yeah. But also too, is like, I didn't want to waste this opportunity. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I just showed up and I just did the work. And then senior year, um, you know, running against the girls one day, you know, coach was basically like, gave me a spot um, during practice, mid practice. Oh, um, wow. And yeah, it was like the coolest thing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then basically, so that happened at the beginning of the year. And then during the second semester, you know, I got an athletic scholarship. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was like life changing. I don't think I would actually be in basketball right now if it wasn't for um, that, you know, that, especially that moment of walking on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, it was just amazing. And so like taking coach Aston's um, kindness and just the opportunity that she gave me. Um, a lot of times, like I try, I I take what she gave me, mm-hmm. which is like probably an opportunity of a lifetime, in my opinion. And I'm just gonna. And my goal is to try to like, you know, give it to someone else just a little bit. Not so much like made. Not so much like a spot on the team because I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But like someone give that give that a person that opportunity to be part of a team or to feel you know that um to make an impact on someone's life like she did for me I guess Mm -hmm. that's the best way to put it is like that's 
So that's what that experience was like. It's just, it's, it's a massive, you know, um, um, it's a massive amount of gratitude that I just want to share with others. Um, and then, and then basically being on both sides, it was awesome. I mean, it's so much fun to like cheer for the team, you know, in Mm -hmm. general, whether you're a player or manager, but then being a player or being on the, you know, on the bench, um, being in with the team day in and day out, you know, on the court with them, sweating everything with Mm -hmm. them. Like that's, that brings you tighter. That makes the experience, you know, just a little bit more meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what that whole thing like was at Texas. Definitely. Definitely. And you talking about that, the the player aspect kind of just gave me chills right now because I miss that so much. I mean, I only played in high school, but that team aspect and being part of the team and playing with your brothers and, and things like that is just something that I I definitely really miss. And, um, you definitely put that in in (laughs) great perspective. So that was awesome. Like we just kind of talked about your um, your your journey and things like that and what you've had to go through. Um, kind of going more in detail, or if you can, if you have a story or anything, um, what type of adversities have you had to face with basketball and, and um, how have you been able to persevere through them? Yeah, um, I mean, so adversities, especially, okay, so the first one obviously was what I just mentioned with just being even a basketball manager, right? Like, mm-hmm. um I, you know, I wanted to be part of it, but, you know, both times they, for some reason, you know, whether they had too many managers or they just didn't need another person at that time, like that was, that was harsh in my opinion, right? Like who Mm -hmm. doesn't want just a person who wants to come help? Um, But, but it also taught me to, you know, that if I really want something that like, it's okay to get rejected and try again. It's mm-hmm. okay to um, put yourself out there. Cause I think that was sometimes a, the last time that I did it was the scariest part. I remember, um, I, I remember that, you know, the, the coach Aston and her new staff got hired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I really want to do it. You know, I don't want to get rejected again. Like, mm-hmm. damn, like three times, like, yeah. whew, you know, <laughs> all in the same, like, you know, position basically. Um, but, but, you know, weighing the pros and cons and like the possible opportunity that if they had, if they did say yes, like what that could mean. I mean, that kind of like built up that courage. That I was like, okay, I could try one more time. Like, yeah, it's gonna, if I don't get it, it's gonna hurt. And probably like, probably my ego is gonna get bruised <laughs> a bunch because yeah. like nobody likes being rejected three times. Mm-hmm. But like, um, but like, you know, again, thinking about the upside of it and like, if you put it in persp- into perspective of like, if that's all you're gonna lose, it's just like the rejection, like you're gonna get a, some pain, you know, some sadness and like, it's, you know, your ego bruise, like, you can bounce back from that mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that was one adversity. Um, and then also like when, after I finished my GA and just like trying to um, find a full-time position, I mean, yeah, that was a lot of adversity and like rejections as well too. Mm-hmm. But you know, that mindset was a little bit different this time because, you know, I didn't really have, um, I mean, I didn't really I basically finished my GA. I needed to find a job. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it didn't matter how many rejections I would get, you know, yeah. how many rejections I get. It's all about, can I get 
you know, an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then, so that adversity was just like, you know, it was, I mean, it was big and it was, you know, it sucked to get those rejections, but realizing like what's more important, you know, Mm -hmm. ultimately motivated me to keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the, you know, and then in terms of just like some adversity is just, um, or challenges is like whenever you go to a new staff and you don't know them, mm-hmm. like that part is hard to get to know, you know, get to know your, your, your staff mm-hmm. or even the players. Right. So it takes time. It takes effort. Um, you're going to mess up sometimes. Like you're going to assume one thing while, you know, you're going to assume one thing and then it's going to be completely wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you know, in the way you work, like your work dynamic, amongst your staff like that takes time that takes chemistry it's just like basketball right between teammates it takes you know it takes time and so um that's things that you know they're challenging and you got to put you got to put the work in to really um to make sure that if you want to be successful then you have to do the you know you have to do it and so yeah those are i would say are the some of the adversity or challenges that I've yeah, had awesome. so far in my career. Yeah, that those are all great, all great aspects, and it's kind of cool because you kind of gave it in um, different perspectives for each. So that that was really great. Um, what we we kind of talked about this earlier, or you talked about this earlier, and you're kind of like when I asked you um, about replying to me or or whatever it was, and you and you were like, well, if you feel like. Um, yeah, I know you were kind of just joking around saying important or whatever, but um, one of the main reasons I, I reached out to you is because, to be honest, there's not too many, um, a, you know, like Asian people in the game of basketball as far as doing it at the high level, like what you were do- you're doing. Um, that's why I kind of gravitated towards Coach Yang a lot too because you, it's it's a different aspect as as far as um, learning from someone who who. Um, not I wouldn't say looks like you, but has kind of the same background and and kind of the same um, tradition things and and whatnot like that. Um, so so someone who's currently you know like breaking so many barriers yourself um, as an Asian female in the game, um, what does it mean to you and being able to keep doing what you're doing and paving the way for other women and even and even men like me to like. Um, you're, you're paving the way you're, you're represent, you're doing, um, representation. I always talk to this about my, with my wife and we and the whole thing that representation matters. Um, and knowing that if this person's paving the way, like, Hey, this person doing like we, Eric Spolstra is a big idol of mine because he's Filipino. He's doing his thing. He started from the bottom up and he's doing mm-hmm. that. Um, so what, what, what's it kind of like? Um, I, you probably don't even think about it to be honest, but, um, now that I kind of brought it up to you, um, what's that kind of been like? Yeah, um, that, that, uh, that's a really, really, really good question. And it's important too, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, let's just, let's just talk about like the election real quick and where, um, Kamala Harris, right? Mm -hmm. As a black woman, she's, you know, South Asian descent, right? Mm -hmm. And she's the, you know, in the second highest position of the United States, like, wow right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. how much um how much you know like how much impact she's gonna have on women girls i mean honest you know people of color um because sometimes like as much as you know people tell you you like people people say or people talk about like 
you know, the American dream or that you can do it. You can, as long as you believe in yourself, you put hard work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really hard to imagine if you don't see someone Mm -hmm. there. Exactly. You know, exactly. Um, And so, and so with that being said, um, I, you know, as an Asian female in this sport, um, growing up, I honestly didn't see many Asians at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was tough. Um, you know, now through Steve Yang, I've met more people. Um, and so, you know, you have, I have people that I can look up to and I can ask questions to, um, that, you know, understand what we're going through as Mm -hmm. Asian. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause at the end, as much as, you know, our experiences as you know, in this industry are very similar to other people, there still are little nuances that are not the same. Mm -hmm. And, you Mm know, and it, and it, Part of it is the, you know, your, your race or your ethnicity, um, that, you know, you, you battle or you have different, you face a little different challenge. Mm. Um, you know, and so for me, um, you know, it's, it's awesome, right? You're right. It's awesome to see Eric Spolster do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome to see, you know, so- Sonia Raman, who just got hired, you know, by the Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. you know, seeing her as, um, as an Indian woman of, co- you know, Indian woman who's coaching at the highest level or, mm-hmm. I mean, at one of the highest levels, right? Because like, let's be honest, WNBA is just as high as the yep. NBA. Yep. Um, you know, and so she's, coaching at this, you know, at the professional level, it's awesome. And so you see it and you're like, okay, um, someone broke that glass or Mm -hmm. someone, you know, has reached that spot. Like that's motivation for me to continue to keep working hard Mm -hmm. and continue to, um, you know, just help pull up other Asians too. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I love Michelle Obama's quote where she, or I think it was Michelle Obama that basically said like, you know, once you get get up somewhere like once you get through the door like you're not closing the door you're pulling mm. someone up right mm. and so um you know i'm i'm trying to take that to heart and i'm trying to you know um for, you know execute that that vision or that you know that saying that she did um and so yeah it's it's important not just for myself and for what my my parents have sacrificed Mm -hmm. as immigrants come into America Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, working so hard to provide me and my brother, the, you know, the, the, the life that we have. Um, So it's one way of me paying, like paying, not quite paying back, but it's me respecting the effort that they put in. Um, And then two, it's for, it's for all like, Asian girls and boys that want to get into basketball, that wanted to get in coaching, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, even want to just even play basketball at the next level. Like, like we can do this. Um, and we, you know, we need to be there to support each other. Um, and we need to support other people too. And I think oh, that's yeah, one sure. of the things that's important is like, as Asians, like, yes, we're a minority in basketball and, you know, in basketball, but that doesn't mean that we, you know, stay within ourselves. Mm-hmm. We go out and we support other people. We mm-hmm. promote other people, other, you know, whether it's women of color, people of color, other, you know, our friends or our, you know, people that, you know, we respect and admire, like we give them props, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. For what they've done. And then you build that relationship and then, you know, and then 
in return, I mean, I think once you build that connection, then like people are going to be willing to also help us too. So it's a, it's a synergetic like relationship almost is, but you can't, but you can't, you know, you can't as, as Asian, I think in my, for myself, at least I can't, you know, just stay in my lane and just like focus on myself or Mm -hmm. whatnot. It's about helping others. And then whenever we're all helping each other, like across all the spectrum, then like this game is going to go up like the, you know, the level of basketball and the, because the level of growth and the level of like passion and commitment and love for our players in the game is going to grow. And I think that's like the part that, you know, um, I would say for other Asian um, people that are either in this game or trying to get in this game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very, very, very well said. I love it. I love it. Um, So what are some of the biggest things that you've had to sacrifice um, during your career, um, either as a player or even as a coach now or on the coaching staff now? Um, Some of the biggest sacrifices. Uh. (laughs) vacations um <laughs> i mean big, so i <laughs> but no um but i mean kind of right i mean in, in not so much like oh we don't get vacations but like so my friends that i was a business major um uh-huh. i was a finance major so a lot of my friends they went in corporate america they're able to take one to two weeks <laughs> off if they wanted to and go travel wherever they want to go to, or mm-hmm. they had the ability to have weekends off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, that's part of, you know, being in collegiate college basketball, like you don't get that, yep. um, you know? And so um, it's not a bad thing. Right. I mean, I feel like this work is so rewarding and I love it so much. I love who, you know, what I'm doing and who I'm working with. Um, and the impact that I can make that like, that's going to be, you know, that beats having weekends any day of the week Mm -hmm. um, for me. So, I mean, yeah. So I would say that's like one of the things that, you know, if I had to sacrifice also, I kind of had to sacrifice that whole like image of, you know, what, you know, an Asian person does after, you know, after college, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, there's, there's that stereotype or, you know, or that, you know, that hope that our parents have, um, especially immigrant parents who, you know, who come from nothing and they, you know, build, you know, they, they create this good life for us that, you know, they want you to be financially set. They want you to have a good life, but like, you know, um, and have a stable job, but like this, this industry is not always like that. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, there's ups and downs. Um, so, you know, I kind of had to sacrifice that, like, you know, um, what do you call it? That, 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 uh, that hope that my parents had for me at the beginning that mm-hmm. I would just be like a doctor yeah. or something like yep. that. Yep. Um, and it was, it took some time to talk to my parents and get them to understand, like, no, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have that open dialogue. So, um, I mean, I don't know if that's so much of a sacrifice, but, um, no, yeah, for sure. but that was something that I really had to work through with my parents to, to, um, to get to where I am right now, where, you know, they're very supportive and understanding that like, yeah, Helen is not going to be, you know, is not going to be a doctor or is not going to be a lawyer. Like yeah. she's gonna, she's gonna go this path that like, they know nothing about. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your parents know mm-hmm. anything about the, you know, sport industry. <laughs> not too much. I mean, right. Like <laughs> they only see it on TV and, yep, you know, they exactly. see the players, they see the coaches, but 
again, they don't see people like us. Um, mm-hmm. So they're scared and they're nervous because they just want us to have a good life. Right. Exactly. That's what that's what parents do. And so um, so sometimes, you know, it, it's tough because you're like you've done so much for me and I want to, you know, just Mm -hmm. make you proud Mm -hmm. and make you feel like you've done a good job. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you've seen those memes too, right. Dana, where it's like, you can, like, you think you can call me something like a, you know, and hurt my feelings. Well, no, you haven't seen my parents and they say that you're not a doctor. Like, no, that kind of hurts you more. Right. Um, (laughs) That that's things a little bit differently, but, uh, but it's true. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, like through discussions and through how much, you know, you through how much I love this game and like love what I do, like they are understanding and it makes like the sacrifice that they did and also that I've done um, worth it. Exactly. And and it's kind of what we kind of just talked about. And and that's what's the importance. And that's why so, just that mindset is why I was so inclined to reach out to you because you understand, although, I mean, you're not Filipino and I, I, I'm not the same. So, I mean, it, it's, it's not exactly the same, but the traditions and the values are kind of stem from the same thing. Um, and not a lot of people that I talk to and that I grew up with have that same type of, um, um, upbringing per se. So when you're talking about, Hey, same thing with my parents, they came from the Philippines. They pretty much had nothing. They came here, they sacrificed so much. And then they're like, okay, um, we want our kids to be doctors. My, my dad really wanted to be some sort of engineer because (laughs) (laughs) he said all his, all his bosses and everybody were engineers. So he's like, yes, that's the good thing to be. Uh, right. 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 But that was, I definitely could not do that. So, um, it's just what, kind of what you're talking about, and then and they're like, "Hey, we want we just want our kids to be financially stable, and that's what's going to be a good life for them." Um, but then they realize, like, what like the, what their mindset is that financially stable is what's going to bring happiness because um, money is going to provide a lot, of, a lot of opportunities. But what they realize, and what it seems like from what your parents have realized, is like, "Hey, I mean, basketball might not be so glamorous or whatever as far as the vacations, and we're probably going to have to miss family time and things like that." But at the end of the day, you guys sacrifice this much in order um, for us to be to be happy. And it's not the financially stable or financial that thing that's not going to um, that we're kind of looking for. It's basketball and basketball is kind of giving us that same type of happiness that they think having a lot of money has to give. But um, it's just kind of a different perspective. And, and, and like what you just said, I'm just um, blessed and honored to have parents that, you know, just are willing to do that and, and be happy for us rather than be like, my way or the highway, like you got to be a doctor or else like it's not going to work out. So <laughs> I definitely, exactly. I definitely agree with what you were saying with all that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, what's it like seeing the players you've been around um, doing big things at the next level in the WNBA, like Ariel Atkins um, from your time at Texas. She recently um, won the WA championship, WNBA championship last year with the Mystics. And then um, more recently from Princeton, um, Bella Larry. How's, how's that kind of been like? Oh, my gosh. It's, oh, man, so proud. I don't <laughs> even know how. I mean, it's even it's hard to even explain it, right? Um, I mean, it was like with Bella, I was only, you know, we only got to, you know, coach her for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, great person, great player just, you know, so happy for them. So happy for her. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's awesome. It's awesome. And then with Ariel, I mean, gosh, 
this, I, I think I worked with her for two years at Texas and I got to just see her, but like I knew of her ever since she got into like her freshman year all the way until she graduated mm-hmm. and then she got, got drafted to the Mystics, you know, um, and then actually got to like, kind of like, you know, see her, like, you know, help her with her, like some of her workouts mm-hmm. um, with the Mystics here and there um, during the off season, basically. Um, and you're just, it, it's just, I don't even, I can't even explain it because <laughs> I just am so like, so happy for them. Yeah. So proud of them. Um, and the thing with like these two that I know personally, like they are some of the best people mm. that you know that that i've met like whether they're just they're super nice they're coachable they're they're willing to help others they're mm-hmm. great teammates like they're to me like the whole package and yeah. so um when you know i always I, I go back to kind of this like thought and this like saying is like good stuff happens to good people mm-hmm. and so whenever you know i think about that phrase or i since I believe that phrase and I think about that phrase and I see that what's happening with them and how it's working out, like how life is playing out for them. Like I am just, you know, beyond elated and beyond mm-hmm. like, just, I mean, it's like, it, I can't even explain like how, how, how much joy it brings to me yeah. to see them where they're at because it's just, they deserve what they're, you know, they deserve what they earned. Let's yep, just say, let's exactly. say it like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. And just like rooting for them, um, every single game day, like whenever just seeing them on TV, getting to watch them, you know, do their thing. Like it's awesome. It's, it's one of the, it's also another like best feeling, right? Because you want them to be successful off the court, but then, you know, being successful on the court is also like just as awesome too. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So kind of going off of that, um, so now they're in the WNBA right now, and, you know, the, the WNBA is finally starting to get the recognition and respect they deserve as, as talented and elite athletes. So what's it, what's it kind of mean to you seeing the, the movement of the, in the WNBA kind of going up uh, even higher on the pedestal that they, that they deserve? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome that they're, yeah, that they are getting like the, the, the media attention mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the risk. Yeah. Like you said, the respect um, that they, that they deserve and they, they earn, um, you know, I, um, and, th- and also the fact that the WNBA is like at the forefront of all these like social injustices, mm-hmm. right? Like they have mm-hmm. really, you know, just put, put it all out there yeah. um, in terms of like, you know, this is what we're committed to. This is, you know, and we're going to show you why, and we're going to show you how, um, and it's just, it's so impressive. It's awesome. Um, and what I, what I would hope also is that like, you know, more and more people, um, amongst all industries, right. Um, You know, um, among like, across like basketball world, the professional sports world, but like, let's extend that reach to like business and, you know, other industries that like we can like, that it can be like a whole, you know, what do you call it? Like an actual, whenever you like, we're growing the WNBA and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like it's sustainable. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of, um, I don't know if I'm really like answering the question. No, yeah, for sure, you got it. But, but like that's that's like what I would love to continue to keep seeing. Like with the fact that um, 
in LA, right? LA's got this new um, women's soccer professional yeah. team, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you got a bunch of sh- women um, from all industries that are that are investing Being in this team, yep. mm-hmm. right? And it's awesome. It's so great. And so I'm hoping that that one that that f- format works like that, you know, that the way they're going about it works as mm-hmm. well as, you know, I hope that, you know, we can, it can spread to other, you know, other sports too. So like, let's get a, at least another WNBA team, mm-hmm. uh, women's softball, you know, it'd be so great. Like college volleyball is so mm. much fun to watch. Oh yeah. Right. Definitely. Yep. Right. Athletes. And then when they're, yep. Yes, they're so great athletes. It's so much fun to watch. I mean, in the Olympics, right? Like you're watching indoor, whether it's indoor or outdoor volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it would be great to see like an indoor volleyball league happen. I don't yep. know how it's going to work with like media, you know, with the media <laughs> since there's so many like sports going on yeah. already. Um, that's something to be discussed. But like, I mean, I just want. I would love to see women's professional sports as a whole give more and more recognition mm-hmm. and attention because, you know, you have to invest in it. You have to like just you got to give it a chance. And I think that when, you know, as we can more and more people are giving it a chance, um, I think they're going to realize like, wow, y'all have been sleeping on all of these great women that are mm-hmm. not only like great athletes in their respective sports, but they're like great people and great role models. Exactly. exactly. So that's exactly. kind of like where I hope to see, you know, women's sports in general, like take it to the next yeah. level. That's a great point. Cause there's a lot of times where my uh, performance training background, um, I train a lot of uh, females and, and um, female athletes and they're playing softball, they're playing volleyball, and they aspire for um, to play college and things like that. But then, like, what's next? A lot of times you have these great softball college players, great volleyball so- or great volleyball college players, and there's not a WNBA, there's not an NBA, there's not a MLB um, professional team where they can kind of take it to the next level and do it sustainably for a profession. So that's a great point that you make. And uh, to be honest, I really don't understand why there hasn't been anything like that because you can see you can see with um, the women's soccer team how just how dominant our, our teams are as far as uh, the USA team, how dominant our soccer team is and things like that. So that would be a definitely that would definitely be a great aspect as far as getting more professional um, women's sports in, in the forefront. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For sure. The last thing I'll say, uh, the last thing for this part of the conversation, and then we'll get into our our quick hitters, and then we'll kind of wrap it up from there. Um, Do you have any advice you can give aspiring um, collegiate basketball coaches and or staff members? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Gosh, I feel like I shouldn't be giving any advice because I'm still, (laughs) you know, learning myself, and there's so many other people that are, you know, so much more experienced and knowledgeable. Yeah, I mean, I would say um, just (laughs) want to kind of go back to um, going back to like my manager days. It's just, you know, no, no, no job is too small, right? Mm -hmm. You're not above anything. If it needs to get done um, and you, you have the means to be able to do it, um, then, then yeah, then do it. Um, You know, they say, 
you know, bloom where you're planted. I a hundred percent believe that. I mean, that doesn't mean that you, you know, you don't reach out to people and you don't learn, continue to keep growing and learning and meeting new people, connecting and all of that. But like at the, but your day-to-day responsibility, responsibilities, like knock that out the park, Mm -hmm. show people that like you take your job very seriously and that, you know, it means something to you. Um, and then, you know, from there, hopefully, you know, with, with a little bit of, um, you know, belief and, and persistence and courage, like you, you meet someone who's going to be willing to take that, like, um, that's willing to give you a chance and Mm -hmm. you just, you know, and then once you get that chance, you knock that, thing out of the park so mm-hmm. yeah preparation doing your best every single day um meeting new people you know bringing joy to people's life if you can um i would say that's kind of like the the advice that i can give so awesome awesome that's i'm still great. learning though i'm still learning yeah so. <laughs> no, for sure for sure so uh this next part is gonna be the last part of our conversation um and again i can't thank you enough for for um for hopping on this pod um it's gonna be our quick hitters and these are just uh, a few random questions and then if you if you don't mind just giving the answer that kind of just pops in your head doesn't have to be one word but just um just you know like quick hitters just yeah don't ramble i understand (laughs) (laughs) all right so the first one so your favorite tv series you are currently binge watching right now could be netflix hulu amazon anything uh so i'm i'm not actually watching very much right now um yeah, so, but I will say what I need to get back into is Pose. It's on Netflix. Oh. It's, a, it's a great, to, in my opinion, a great, great show. So okay. I would say if I were to start binge watching, again, it would be Pose. Pose, okay, got it. Um, favorite dessert? It's going to have to be a combo. I'm thinking like a brownie plus um, plus a scoop of at least a scoop of ice cream on top if mm. not more and then probably <laughs> some like warm cookies on so like some warm cookies on the side Ooh, so yeah. yeah you don't like those molten like lava yeah. things like give me that <laughs> plus like some some cookie. cookies on the side okay yeah okay a little bit more in depth just because i'm curious what uh flavor ice cream so Bluebell makes the best homemade vanilla ice cream. But if we're just going with plain ice cream, though, Bluebell also makes another fantastic um, ice cream flavor called Bride's Cake. So it's like mm. amaretto, um, amaretto, like something, I forgot, like cheesecake uh, yeah. frosting, I think. And then they got like um, almond, like almond flavored cake inside it's so good so <laughs> just it. google bluebell <laughs> bluebell ice cream bride's cake and awesome. you'll you will not be disappointed i am a huge bluebell lover i, I think it's because it's regional like some people don't get bluebell and here in virginia beach we get bluebell so we're able to um i just got introduced that when i moved over here and the cookie two-step and the uh cookies and cream one are the ones that i love i've never heard of the gotcha. ones that you said so i'll have to look those up too 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. They're like season. Well, one like Bluebell. Uh, yeah. Bluebell is regional. Cause so I started in Texas. So I'm probably uh, biased because okay, of that. Got it. That, that makes um, a lot of sense. <laughs> but also like what other, what other company, I mean, what other ice cream brand can you get like a half gallon? Yeah, tub, that though, is true. Right. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that rice cake is a, a seasonal flavor okay. in during the summertime. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, favorite food to snack on? Um, Jesus. Literally whatever's in sight for the most part, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I don't know. I mean, I love like fruit snacks, goldfish, okay. fr- like just like fruit itself. I don't, yeah. I mean, honestly, whatever's in front of me, Got I just, it. I can eat. Got it. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Pet peeve? Um, uh, is being like, don't be a hypocrite. Is that considered like a pet peeve or is yeah, that that's just fine. like the, that's perfectly okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say don't, yeah. Hypocrites to me are the absolute worst. Mm, okay. Got it. Got it. Um, so you kind of talked about this earlier as far as saying, um, no job is ever too small. Um, so what's the first thing, if you can remember, or even something that just got brought to your mind? Um, it doesn't have to be specific in terms of, like, the school you're at or whatever it was. Um, but as a manager or the video uh, video ops and, and even as a dobo, um, with, um, what was something you had to do that probably like wasn't on your job description or like something you kind of didn't expect to do, whether it was like getting coffee or picking up a player's parent or something like that. Is there anything coming to mind? <laughs> um, so yeah, I've done all of that. Okay. <laughs> um, um, well, okay. So what comes to mind is not so much like what I sh- did, didn't have to do, but what comes to mind about like a job um, was, was, is urgency. So let me, I mean, I know this is supposed to be like a quick hitter. Let no, it's me just fine. I asked a long question so, for this one. <laughs> okay. This is like, let me tell you a story. Okay. Um, so I'm at Texas. This is probably like, we're maybe a month in, right? Okay. So as a manager, we're, we actually don't have to really deal with waters because mm-hmm. we, um, there's the uh, athletic trainer the and yep. then she has, and he or she has a, uh, a person to, um, like a GA to help her. Right. Mm-hmm. So they mainly deal with the water. So coach Aston is like working the girls hard, like, and then basically, um, she, I don't know, like almost didn't really call for a water break, but basically told us, told like them to get water. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, basically, yeah. um, so how do I explain it? I got yelled at, I got yelled at for not hustling to grab the water bottles and give it to the girls. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking, I think I was at like the other end of the floor. And for some reason, she like wanted me to do it. And so, but like, okay. And then somebody else who was closer grabbed the water bottles and gave it to the girls. And then she calls me out in the middle of practice, like just like literally calls me out in front of everyone. It's like, Helen, you just got out hustled um, (laughs) about water bottles. Right. This is not like, it's like that Allen Iverson, like press conference where it's like, it's practice. Right. So, but, but that's like an important lesson, right? Is like, Mm. 
when you do things, you do things, you should do things with urgency. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, especially the way she ran practice. So like if she wanted something done, like if you're not currently busy, like get it done as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like a lesson that I just learned that I learned from that moment. Like Mm -hmm. it's so humiliating to be a manager or to be a manager, to be yelled at in the middle of practice. Um, but I won't ever forget it. And it was just a really good lesson once you like think back on it and you laugh about it now. Um, but at the time it was the most, I don't even know if I wanted to come back the next day. <laughs> I like literally wanted to walk out because I felt so ashamed. <laughs> it's funny because you're telling that story and it's probably Coach Aston's like, she doesn't even remember that like the next day or the next week, she probably doesn't even remember what that, that happened. But, um, and, and then it, it's funny because I, like, tr- as a spoken as like a true, um, coach that like something happened to you and then, and then it became a life lesson. And then now it's like, you kind of live that mantra. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool to see as far as that coming out. <laughs> definitely oh my gosh she probably doesn't though she probably be like Helen you you just imagined it I'm like nope you scarred me for life actually <laughs> all right these last couple questions this this next one um if you're in the WNBA today what number would you wear and why uh I 10 or 12 I don't really know why I think well 12 is because I you know in college that was my uh, number and then okay. 10 i honestly have no idea i think it would just be 10 or 12 <laughs> okay cool that's funny because you have other people who have such a sentimental reason and here you're saying 10 or 12 because eh, why not <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> all right this last question is the question i ask all my guests when they hop on here um is a hot dog a sandwich why or why not Ooh, good question <laughs> Um, that is tough. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no just because, just because I feel like a hot dog is a hot dog. Like, it's just, it's its own, like, category, right? Like, when else are you going to eat this, like, long piece of, like, meat that you actually don't know what's inside? <laughs> um, so, so with True. that being said, no, a hot dog is just a hot dog. It's not a sandwich. Just like a burger is a burger. Like, and those are its own Got it. Own entities. categories. Got it. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good answer. But yeah, so um, I, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, and, and I can't thank you enough for, for the continued advice that you always give me. Um, and, and even when I was, um, you know, just um, looking at different spots and different different opportunities, you're always there to help me with advice, um, whether it's a text or a phone call. And you're, you're always there to, to help out. And I can't thank you enough. Um, but before I let you go, um, do you have any final advice or a favorite quote that you live by um, that you can kind of give to the listeners? Yeah. So I would say the quote that I would, I really, really like, um, and that has stuck me for stuck with me for a while is sometimes it is the people no one can imagine anything of who do the things no one can imagine. So it's, uh, from the imitation game. Um, and yeah, I just, I just love it. It's, you know, maybe it's the fact that, you know, my parents are immigrants and that I have, I come from like, um, just a background where, you know, we, no one really knows 
who we are or what we can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's all about, yeah, it's about working hard, being prepared, you know, seeking opportunity um, and knocking it out the park and just showing people that, you know, what we can do, what, you know, Asians can do um, and that, yeah, no, there's no limit to what we can imagine for mm-hmm. sure. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I love that one. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, I, I, like I said, I appreciate you and I, and I will, I will always appreciate everything that you do. So thank you for coming on um, and wish you the best in the future and can't wait to um, hopefully see you guys on the court sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, thank you, Daniel. Appreciate this opportunity. Appreciate our friendship. Uh, yeah. You know, um, just, I'm, I'm happy that you're doing this. Like, honestly, this is great. Like, hopefully, you know, um, I hopefully this helps somebody who ends up listening to it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if people want to reach out to me. That's cool, too. Hopefully, um, you know, I'll be able to help you all. But uh, I really appreciate you, you know, you taking the time to interview, you know, to do this podcast with mm-hmm. me. Um, and just, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for our friendship. So, awesome. um, yeah, I wish you the best, too, friend. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Have a great night. You too. See ya. That wraps up another episode, episode six of the Breaking Barriers Basketball Podcast. I cannot thank Helen enough for being such an amazing guest and taking the time out of her schedule for this episode. It is clear to see her passion in not only basketball, but using basketball as her medium to help make an impact on the others around her, whether it's her players and team or even people like me. She continues to break barriers in her own right while paving the way for others to see that you truly can achieve what you dream. All you need is hard work and the desire to be great. Again, I'm Coach Daniel Diaz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach D. Diaz. And if you're not following the Breaking Barriers Basketball Instagram yet, you can follow us at Breaking Barriers Basketball and visit our website www.breakingbarriersbasketball.com. Feel free to reach out anytime. That's all we have for today's episode. Thank you for listening.